0: Good morning. It's 8:30. I'm Karen Brown and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the 2017 legislative session is underway. The
1: 2017 legislative session and the Mississippi Senate convenes. The Senate will come to order. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll.
0: Find out what action lawmakers have already taken and celebrating 10 years of the Mississippi Blues Marathon. That's all coming up, plus a health minute with Dr. Rick DeShazo. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The 2017 legislative session is underway. At the top of everyone's agenda is education. Also high on the list is funding repairs to roads and bridges. MPB's Desiree Frazier talks with Senate President Pro Tem Terry Burton, a Republican from Newton.
2: Senator Burton, your thoughts on the start of the session?
3: Well, we're off to the start. You can't end until you actually get started. So we're glad to see the session get underway. Maybe we can spend 90 days here and Get some good things done for the people of Mississippi. We'll start work in earnest when all the bills have been requested and introduced and get down to work. But uh, this is the beginning of the process.
2: Priorities. What are your priorities?
3: Well, I think my priorities are the same as everyone's. Uh, education is always the top priority. When I say education, I mean pre-K through the university level, not just K-12, but pre-K through the university level. Education is the number one priority of the legislature, has been, will be, and uh, that is, of course, a a very important uh, piece of legislation that we'll be dealing with with the um, funding formula. Don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We haven't seen the recommendations yet. It may not change at all. So education is a top priority. Infrastructure, we need to try to find a way to do something on infrastructure, how we spend the BP money that's coming into the state in the uh, statewide settlement, Uh, those are the... The big ones, I think, infrastructure, education, and uh, BP money.
2: The Ed Bill report hasn't come in, and uh, you're hoping to get that by the start of the legislative session?
3: We're hoping to. Actually, as long as we have it before the deadline for requesting bills, then we're okay. When is that? It's uh, January the 11th or 12th, I think, next week sometime. So we have a, a while to get the request done. If it's an appropriation bill, we have a long time uh, to to. to get that requested so the general bill deadline for request is next week but uh, we're waiting to get that report from ed build and uh, when we do i don't think you'll see any major uh, change from the fact that uh, education is the number one priority of the legislature i think that's going to be the case even with this report uh, no matter what else it says
2: speaking of appropriations there was a issue that came on the floor today can you explain what the what the issue is with this bill
3: Well, the issue with the uh, bill that was introduced today was to replace and repair what Senator Bryan believes is a mistake that was made in the appropriation bill for education last year. Uh, Maybe not everybody thinks it was a mistake, but he thinks it was a mistake, and the idea was to go into the Committee of the Whole to fix this uh, mistake. Uh, that he has perceived. So uh, the vote was, uh, of course, the substitute motion was to send it to the bill through the normal process to the Appropriations Committee, as we always do, rather than go into the Committee of the Whole to deal with this one issue. And uh, that that motion prevailed, and the bill will go to the uh, Appropriations Committee, and they'll be able to deal with it. If there was a mistake, they can fix it.
2: What is that issue?
3: Uh, Apparently, it's funding uh, coming from the school districts to paid dues to the state superintendents association. I think there are a couple of different superintendents associations out there, so I'm not sure which one or, if it, or both are at, are at uh, issue, but uh, apparently there's some language in there that says they can't spend any of the money if they spend. This money would not be made available to them from the state if they spend any public money to join the superintendents association.
2: Meaning the school districts can't support the superintendent associations?
3: Not with the state monies. They could, they could, the superintendents themselves could pay it out of their pocket. They could join, pay the dues and join, of course, but as long as it's not state money uh, or any other public money uh, that could be used. That's what, that's what Senator Bryan says. The uh, unanimous consent says. He read from the bill. I believe that's what it says. And so I don't, um, I don't know that a committee of the whole on the first day of the session is the time and place to fix that. We have a process to go through, and let's go through the process and fix it if it's an issue.
2: And the bicentennial coming up.
3: Bicentennial, December 10th, uh, 2017, will be our 200th year as a state. We have uh, a lot of celebrations going on around the state, and we will see many, many more of those celebrations around the state between now and December 20th. I'm sorry, December 10th, when the, we celebrate the uh, t- becoming the 20th State of the Union 200 years ago.
2: Senator Burton, a pleasure. Thank you so
3: much for your time. Thank you, Desiree.
0: Senator Willie Simmons, a Democrat from Cleveland, chairs the Senate Highways and Transportation Committee. He talks with our Desiree Fraser about his goals for the session.
4: I'm kind of excited about the fact that uh, we have a new session going on. Uh, as chairman of Highways and Transportation, of course, I'm going to be supporting and pushing for funding for highways and transportation. That is a challenge because we need new dollars, and anytime you start talking about new dollars, it means that we got to pay more. And a lot of individuals don't feel the same way that we should increase taxes and our fees. But our highways and bridges are in such a state that we have to do something before we have a tragedy or a crisis that all of us will be sad about. So I'm going to be pushing for that and see what happens.
2: Your priority, roads and bridges, uh, education seems to be a, a very important issue. Waiting for the Ed Built report. Your thoughts on that?
4: Looking forward to it. Uh, personally, uh, we talk about adequate education and not adequately funding it. Uh, personally, I always felt that equity education was more important because in equity funding, uh, you get the dollars where they're needed and you give all children an opportunity. When you do adequate funding and don't address the needs of poor school districts properly, then you put individuals at a disadvantage within those poor school districts. It's kind of like putting a fast runner on the track. And you put them on the 10-yard line and you put everybody else on the 50-yard line and you tell them to catch up. It's almost impossible for them to catch up regardless of how much talent and how smart they may be. But equity funding is almost always better. So as we're talking about the adequate funding and looking at probably changing the formula, I hope if we do something that we truly address the needs that we find in our poor school districts. Those poor school districts uh, they are not absent from talent. They are not absent from individuals who can learn because when you look at the first, second, and third grade, our kids do well. But also there's a problem when the fact that you look at the local funding and the millage, uh, what you make on a meal in a poor school district, maybe $100,000, and you go to one of the rich school districts and they get a million dollars off of it. You can't compete with that kind of inequity in funding. So as we look at the whole funding formula, uh, as opposed to getting caught up emotionally about not having funded it in the past. Let's look at fixing it going forward and make sure that we do equity funding to take care of every child regardless regards to the zip code they may live in.
0: Senator Willie Simmons of Cleveland. Before that, we heard from Senator Terry Burton of Newton. Legislative leaders also spent time yesterday celebrating Mississippi's bicentennial year. Learn more next. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: MPB Radio's local programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now.
0: Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi is celebrating its 200th birthday this year. Film festivals, theatrical performances, and historical reenactments will mark the bicentennial in communities across the state. Legislators officially marked the occasion at a ceremony yesterday at the Capitol. House Speaker Philip Gunn is a Republican from Clinton. He says the state has a bright future in spite of a difficult past.
5: We're excited about the future of the state of Mississippi. We are able to shape the future of the state. We have been entrusted, I think, with a great responsibility. Our forefathers founded this state 200 years ago, and they've now, over the years, from one generation to the next, have passed that off to us. And now we are charged with the responsibility of continuing that tradition. And there's a lot of things about our state and our history that we're proud of and some things that we're not. Some things we've done well and some things we have not. But overall, Mississippians are a hearty group of people. And we continue to move forward. We continue to try to make Mississippi a great place to live and work. We've got a great state in which to raise a family. And I'm proud to be a part of the legislature here 200 years later. And I hope that 100 years from now, when we celebrate our 300-year anniversary, that they will look back and say, hey, that bunch in 2017 did a good job. That bunch in 2017 did, uh, did right by the state of Mississippi.
0: Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves says Mississippi has a lot to be proud of, saying the state should, quote, stop apologizing.
1: I believe that our state is home to great sports giants, to literary legends, and never before achieved scientific breakthroughs. As many of you have heard me say before, I believe strongly that in many instances we need to stop apologizing and start bragging about Mississippi's many great accomplishments. And I think this celebration of our bicentennial is an opportunity to do just that.
0: Katie Blunt is director of the Mississippi Department of Archives and History and chairs the Bicentennial Commission. She says a new online portal will provide the public with all the information about Mississippi's 200th year. Mississippi State University has created a website, ms200.org, where you can get more details about the the grant program and all of the Bicentennial celebrations. I've mentioned just a few of them, but there are a number of other organizations planning events and programs uh, connected with the Bicentennial. So ms200.org is a central clearinghouse for that information. Now we want to hear from you. What is your community doing to celebrate Mississippi's 200th year as a state? You can tell us on Twitter. We're at MPB News. Or find us on Facebook by searching for MPB News. In spite of predicted cold weather, the marathoners will be taking to the streets in the capital city this weekend. We'll have more coming up.
6: ...loves to help with lots of subjects. But between 9 and 10 on Wednesday mornings, we focus on your nest. On Fix It 101, we want to help you make your place safer, quieter, drier, brighter, bigger, cooler, cozier, or the opposite of any of those things, depending on your preference. The pros are Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. I'm the amateur and host, Jason Klein. So go ahead and ask away. Fix It 101 is Wednesdays at 9 on MPB Think Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Falls in adults are serious problems. Are you at a risk for falling? Three out of four people over the age of 65 fall each year. Your risk of falling increases as you grow older because of age-related problems with balance. The effects of falls are also more serious in older people. Up to 75% of people who fracture a hip from a fall never recover to the point they were before they had the fracture. If you've fallen in the past, your risk is much higher for falling again. Your risk for fall is increased by illness, especially conditions that affect eyesight, hearing, muscle strength, or balance, a change in the medicines you take, and certain medicines themselves that predispose to falling. And there's a biggie. It's tripping over the family pet. So whenever you have a fall, regardless of whether you're injured, tell your doctor about the fall so the medical pieces of this can be checked out. And there are things you can do on your own make sure your home is safe get rid of things that make you trip or slip those include furniture electrical cords clutter and loose rugs keep your home well lit so that you can easily see where you're going avoid storing things in high places so you don't have to reach up or climb wear sturdy shoes that fit well wearing shoes with high heels or slippery soles or shoes that are too loose can lead to falls Walking around in bare feet or only socks can also increase your risk of falling. Take vitamin D pills. Taking vitamin D probably lowers the risk of falls in older people. This is because vitamin D helps make bones and muscles stronger. Your doctor can help you decide how much vitamin D to take. Stay active. Exercising on a regular basis can help lower your risk of falling. It might also help prevent you from getting hurt if you do fall. It's best to do different activities that help with both strength and balance. There are many kinds of exercise that can be safe for older people. These include walking, swimming, and my favorite, Tai Chi, a Chinese martial art that has been shown to decrease falls. If your doctor recommends a cane or a walker, be sure that it's the right size and you know how to use it. There are other devices that help you avoid falling, too. These include grab bars or a sturdy seat for the shower, non-slip bath mats, and handrails or treads for stairs and bedrails. If you worry that you could fall, there are also alarm buttons that let you call for help if you need help or can't get up. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy on the go with the MyBlue mobile app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. More information at bcbsms.com. It's good to be blue.
6: MPB Think Radio loves to help with lots of subjects, but between 9 and 10 on Wednesday mornings, we focus on your nest. On Fix It 101, we want to help you make your place safer, quieter, drier, brighter, bigger, cooler, cozier, or the opposite of any of those things, depending on your preference. The pros are Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. I'm the amateur and host, Jason Klein. So go ahead and ask away. Fix It 101 is Wednesdays at 9 on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The Mississippi Blues Marathon is gearing up for its 10th running this weekend. And in spite of predicted cold weather, runners from all over the world are coming to run the hilly streets of the capital city. Race director John Noblin says there are multiple events that fall under the Blues Marathon umbrella. There
7: are four events, obviously, the marathon. Uh, We do a half marathon uh, a few years ago. We added a quarter marathon, which is about about ten and a half k, about six and a half miles, which has been very popular. And then we have a marathon team relay, which is a five-person team that runs four or five mile legs and then a ten k leg at the end.
0: How many uh, participants do you have registered, and how far do they come?
7: I haven't checked the latest count, but I'm uh, last time I looked, we were we were right up around thirty-seven uh, hoping to get to the the four thousand cutoff, and where they come from. Uh, right now, we are at uh, forty-seven states and five or six countries. And um, I had a um, I had an email from someone from Egypt, uh, and I guess that would probably be the uh, the longest uh, distance for for anybody for this year.
0: Do people find out about the Blues Marathon by word of mouth, or is it through publications for runners?
7: Both of those and. Other things, particularly you know, now with uh, the magic of, of the internet and social media, it doesn't take long to get the word out to a lot of folks in a lot of places. And when we've had some uh, successful event. Uh, it's you know, word word travels whether it's uh you know, literally word of mouth or whether it's by electronic means. And, and and we do advertise too. You know, we do some online advertising and print advertising and in some of the um some of the national running publications and that kind of thing.
0: Do you know how many participants you had in the first year? Fifteen hundred. Sold
7: out at fifteen hundred the first year.
0: So you have grown significantly it sounds we've, like
7: yeah, we we've we've grown a little bit every year. You know, it's been it's been ten years now, but um but we have uh we have a record of of positive growth every every year so far
0: what about local folks do you have a lot of spectators that, that's a good question I, I i hear that
7: we do um unfortunately in, in my role I, i've never seen the race uh from anywhere other than you know the, the starting line and the finish line <laughs> and, and everything that you know that happens in that area that's kind of the headquarters but you know the pictures i've seen and videos and reports i get back there is a there's a lot of activity around the route um there will be this year uh, 11 different live music locations around the course. You know, since we go through several neighborhoods, there, there are always a good many spectators and, and neighborhood parties and things out. You know, folks out in the yards or at the end of the street or whatever, watching and cheering and. And uh, you know the live music locations that tend to draw a crowd too.
0: You mentioned those live bands and and entertainment. Is that the sort of thing that goes on all day? Is there uh, is there food available? What is the celebratory atmosphere like?
7: Well, we kind of got kind of got two different things going on with the music. Um, the, the live music at the finish line, which is at the Art Garden at the Mississippi Museum of Art. Goes on all day, basically from seven at the start until two o'clock when the race officially closes. And you know, there's there'll be, be several bands on stage there, and there's there's food available, and certainly that's open to the public. And then around the route, the um the the band schedules are kind of dictated by the runners' schedule. Um, we have everybody set up to where you know they're not playing to an empty street. Some of them, you know, they start and finish kind of in line with about the time the last runners, the first runners get there, and about the time the last runners pass. And um, all of those times and locations are on our website.
0: So, you do have things going on after the race itself in terms of entertainment?
7: Then, after the race, everything kind of stops until Saturday night. You know, the afternoon is is kind of down. And then Saturday night, uh, it picks back up again. We do something called the Blues Crawl where a lot of the acts that played around the course during the day then play in some of the, the music venues downtown on Saturday night, and all the runners get in free, and we offer shuttle service between the different music venues.
0: What do you recommend for those who want to come cheer the runners on? Where should they go? I mean, is there a good spot to go?
7: All those places that have music playing uh, are, are good places to go. There'll be a lot of activity. Most of those are in conjunction with uh, – uh, I mentioned the, the team relay division of the race. There are several relay handoff points, and those are all uh, located in conjunction with a, an aid station, you know, a water, a water stop and a band. And so that tends to be, you know, a lot of activity. You know, where you watch from, you kind of you kind of have to be able to look at a map and know where on the route you are time-wise, so that you can very easily walk out some places mid-morning, and everybody's gone. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's kind of dependent on where, mileage-wise, where around the route you are, and what time of day and it what is. time
0: to get there, sure. Now, looking ahead at next year already, if someone says, I want to run a marathon for the first time, is the Blues Marathon a good place to start? Meaning, is the course easy enough? Are there a lot of uphills or downhills? That's funny you should ask that.
7: Um, the course, I'm told the course is, is Relatively difficult, actually, um, but you know, hilly because of the hills. Of course, you know, hilly is sort of in the eye of the beholder. Um, folks from folks from Memphis and New Orleans think it's hard. People from Nashville and Birmingham don't have any trouble with it, and you know, in Colorado and places like that, they don't they don't bat an eye. There are a lot of local runners who ran their first marathon here, so it's not anything that anybody ought to be afraid of. And you know, as far as the difficulty goes, it is a marathon. So there's, there's really not an easy marathon out there. A lot of local folks want to run this one as their first because it's here. You know, family and friends are here. They know the route. They're familiar with it. They can train on the course. There are flatter races out there that you could go find. But, you know, we, we, we think ours is – it's pretty special, and especially if you're a if you're a local person, it'd be a
0: great first one. The 10th annual Mississippi Blues Marathon is Saturday, and we've been speaking with race director John Noblin. Thanks so much, John.
7: Well, you're very welcome. Thank you.
0: Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for local Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101, then at 10, Everyday Tech. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB public media app in any mobile store. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow at 830 for the next Mississippi edition. It's only on MPB Think Radio.
6: Marketplace Tech for Wednesday the 4th, I'm Ben Johnson in New York. This week's event, formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show, now just CES, is a